Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. My name is Katie Chesney, and on Employment Notebook, we provide advice and insight into different strategies for succeeding in the workplace. And today, we're with Paula Davis-Lack, founder and CEO of Davis-Lack Stress and Resilience Institute, and she brings a wealth of information and experience with her today. Now, Paula, what do you do at the Stress and Resilience Institute? It sounds really interesting, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear more about it. Yeah, thanks so much, Katie. So really what we do is we study the effects of stress and burnout and how we can help busy professionals prevent burning out, manage their stress better, and build a bundle of skills that I call resilience. So helping them bounce back and grow and thrive during challenge and change and stress. So why did you create the Institute? Was there something going on that really you felt that this was a need for people in the workplace? Absolutely. I mean, it really uh, sprung from my own story of burning out during the last year of my law practice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what was going on during that time. I didn't know there was a name for it. I didn't know what I was experiencing. And I knew a lot of my friends were going through the same type of thing. So I thought, you know what, you know, this is probably going to be my calling. And I want to figure out, you know, how how can I help people better manage their stress and understand it better so that they don't burn out? Okay. I think there might be a little bit of confusion about what burnout exactly is, because you mentioned you didn't know really what you were going through. So could you kind of bring us to a solid definition of what it is and what it looks like? Yeah, I I think of burnout and and the way that I define it for people is a a chronic disconnection from certain aspects of their life. Mm -hmm. And um, really bottom line up front, it's it's a disease of disengagement. So you're mm-hmm. disengaged from your work or from other areas of your life. So could you give us an example of kind of what that looked like for you when you were in your law practice and how it kind of came to light then? Sure. Uh, so I didn't wake up one day and go, oh, I'm burned out. I mean, it was mm-hmm. certainly a process that happened over a number of years. And uh, But the last year was the worst part for me in my law practice. And for me, it was, I had a lot of um, chronic, I call it low-grade illnesses. So Mm -hmm. I was sick with like little colds and little naggy things every now and again. I was exhausted every day. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like I was tired, but I was exhausted on most days. I started to miss work a lot because I wasn't feeling well, which was very unusual for me. I was always somebody who, you know, managed to, you know, get to work, you know, every day and and work hard. I was really cynical and started to get, you know, kind of angry and ticked off at a Mm -hmm. lot of the people that I was working with. Um, So I became less and less of a team player, which isn't such a great thing, you know, when you're in in corporate America, you've got to be a team player. And then just really um, disconnected and not feeling like I wanted to jump out of bed and get to work on Mm -hmm. most days. I dreaded Monday morning. Um, So it was a big kind of mixture of different stuff. So, Mm you know, I had a lot of stomach aches and digestive issues. So I was in and out of the hospital several times because of that. Saw a lot of doctors, had a lot of tests and different things. So Mm -hmm. it was all of that. Okay. So could you give us a quick overview of what exactly causes that burnout? You said it was kind of a chronic disengagement from several aspects of your life. So is it something like, you know, a lack of control in your work, a lack of creativity? What are really some of the causes of it? Yeah, there's there's six kind of big areas of imbalance the research points to, mm-hmm. where um, the bigger the imbalance, the more likely you are to potentially burn out. Okay. And so the first area is um, this whole kind of lack of control. Mm-hmm. So people like to feel like they have a measure of control or say over what they do and how they do their work, mm-hmm. the decisions that go on during work and that type of thing. So the less you have that kind of ability to have a say in what's going on, the more you may at least put yourself in on the path to burning out. 
Sure. And then another one I saw was like a values conflict. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and how that can cause you to feel like you're on the path towards burning out? Sure. So values conflict is just what's important to you versus what's important to your organization or the Mm -hmm. company that you work for. So for example, um, as I progressed in my law career, spending time with my family and paying attention to my health became more and more important. But according to, you know, the companies that I worked for, it was, you know, just whatever you have to do to get the work done is what we value and what's important. So there became a bigger disconnect between what was important and valuable to me and what the company really wanted. Okay. So what about um, work overload? I feel like that might be a big (laughs) cause of burnout, but obviously there's other smaller factors that kind of all bring it to light. So could you tell us a little bit about work overload and how that really plays a part in causing this? Yeah, it's so funny when I talk to groups about work overload, they all kind of smile and laugh because that's like everybody's job, I think, these mm-hmm. days is, is experiencing that that work overload. You know, everybody's plates are full and, and people are doing a lot more with, with less resources. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of if you're in one of those types of jobs where you don't have a lot of control over how much work you have, mm-hmm. you really then have to pay attention to your own self-care and making sure that you're having enough time to relax and rejuvenate daily weekly, however it is, so that you're able to maintain a level of being able to keep up with all of that work. So we've talked a little bit about what the causes of burnout are. Um, What is by far like the most common cause of burnout that you see just pop up again and again and again in people? I would say the most common cause would be um, probably you're talking like from a symptom standpoint or from just one of those imbalance six-factor type things? I would say like one of the imbalance six-factor type things. Yeah. So uh, the big one that I tend to see a lot and that the research really points to is this whole sense of unfairness. Mm -hmm. So anytime that you are in a situation where you know, you don't have decisions are made about you behind closed doors. There's a sense of favoritism. Um, Your boss or one of your managers might be, you know, talking about you or there's a lot of closed door meetings. People just don't like that type of environment at all. And it's interesting because even with all that I know about burnout, the work that I am just finishing now with one of my uh, folks that I work with, a company that I work with, I see that a great deal. And it Mm -hmm. it causes a lot of, um, I saw a lot of uh, like high school behavior, a lot of clickiness, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't really know what to expect. So then they're, you know, kind of forming groups and trying to figure out what's going on. So nothing will tank morale faster than that type of thing. So now that we know kind of some of the causes of burnout, let's talk about how to avoid them. And that's why we're here today. So is it actually possible to avoid or delay burnout? Or is it just something that you can kind of like push off and it will inevitably take you? (laughs) So it's really important. Burnout is absolutely something that's preventable. But I think a big part of it is the self-awareness. You have Mm -hmm. to understand what the sort of factors or the imbalance markers are. For you, okay. and then um, really pay attention to are those things really happening and growing? The disconnect are they? Is is it really growing for you at your workplace? So, but it is absolutely preventable. Okay. So, what steps can you take to prevent it? Um, can you give us an example of what each of these items look like? I know one of them is um, an increase in self-efficacy. Yes. Could you tell us about that? So, I love self-efficacy. I didn't know what that term was back when I was. Um, practicing law and working, but it's just a fancy way for saying confidence. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the sense that you can feel like you can produce results okay. in your life. 
And so anytime you have a chance to, um, human beings love to master things. They love to work on things that they can get really good at. So anytime you have a chance to work on projects and things and and be able to master a set of skills, that will build Mm self-efficacy. Anytime that you can watch somebody else who you feel is really confident and doing really well in their job or in their life, those vicarious experiences really help you grow your own self-efficacy. It's really important. And then the next one I saw was identify what you need from work. Can you tell us about what that is and kind of how that kind of forms to prevent burnout from happening? Yeah. So I know for myself, um, when I started my my law career, I just I never gave a second thought about what do I want from my professional career? How do I want it to grow me? How do I want it to fulfill me? And um, didn't really think about that until I was designing my second career. Mm -hmm. So just be very intentional about asking yourself, what do you want from your work? How do you want it to benefit you? What good things do you want your work to provide you? And another thing that's probably really important to people, and you might not have Mm -hmm. experienced this as a lawyer, but having a creative outlet. I mean, is it just related to a creative outlet in your work or is it any creative outlet in your life as a whole? Any creative outlet in your life as a whole is really important. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because when I was a lawyer, I pretty much stuffed every single creative aspect of myself aside and just focused on the actual, you know, nuts and bolts of practicing Mm -hmm. law. And now um, it wasn't until I I stopped my law practice where I really reconnected with writing Mm -hmm. and how much I love to write. So for me, that's my creative outlet. So uh, creativity really promotes a lot of positive emotion in people, and those positive emotions, um, tons of research has shown, can really help you, um, you know, lowers your heart rate and helps you manage your stress a lot better. So Okay. So for exa- so you were a lawyer. I'm mm-hmm. kind of like a, a writer. Yeah. So how would you, what kind of examples of creativity can you think of for people in different industries where it might not be apparent, like what kind of creative outlet you sure. can use? Is it just like things like painting or? Yeah. I mean, it could be um, painting. Another thing I love to do is bake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get creative with my recipes that I'm trying to to come up with in terms of baking and how can I, you know, switch ingredients and, and mix different things together. So that's a creative outlet. It can be painting. It can be drawing. It can be scrapbooking. It can, mm-hmm. you know, writing as you and I both We'll share that interest. Really, any sort of creative outlet that just something that just gets your juices flowing. Mm-hmm. So this kind of goes along the stem of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you take care of yourself by having a creative outlet. But does that also factor in taking care of your, you know, your physical and mental health? Could you tell us a little bit about how that can help? Yeah, it's it's absolutely critical. And for me, I know um, so I'm in a particularly busy sort of three-week stretch of my business right now. Mm-hmm. The busier I get, the more I go back to just the nuts and bolts of making sure I have enough sleep. Am I eating the right way? And am I exercising enough? So for me, I think the busier you get, the more you have to remember just those basic things that are so important. And those are like the first things that go you know, off your list when mm-hmm. you're really busy because you think, oh, I don't need it and I can do it later and it's not a big deal. But it becomes absolutely, absolutely critical. And the more stress you have, the more opportunities you need to take to rest and rejuvenate and recover. And along the same stem of taking care of yourself, funny how that happens, (laughs) Um, get support where you can find it. Is that just support at work or is that support from your family members and your friends? And then how can everyone like support you and what you're doing? Yeah, it's support across the board. And that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that I made when I was burning out is especially at work. Because I was experiencing all of that negative emotion and just not wanting to to 
be doing what I was doing. I, I really tried to hold myself up in my office as much as possible. So where I used to love to sit and have lunch with my colleagues, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be by myself in my office. It was exactly the opposite thing that I should have been doing. So if you feel yourself burning out or you're super stressed, um, you know, take a walk with someone at work, have lunch with people at work, mm-hmm. make sure that you're telling your family members and your friends you know, hey, it's, you know, don't forget about the fun stuff like, you know, going to a movie with your significant other or just getting together for, you know, beverages with some friends on the weekend. So mm-hmm. so one thing I think, you know, we've talked a lot about things that you can do to kind of prevent the burnout. But um, one thing I think that might be missing a little bit is really realizing that you are burning out. Do you really have to sit down and have kind of a heart to heart with yourself to kind of figure out, okay, I'm burning out. Um, and what does that look like? And kind of, can you walk us through the process of that you took when you were going through this? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it's going to look different for everybody, but it starts mm-hmm. with self-awareness. Okay. It starts with understanding, you know, wait a second, there's, there's something that's really going wrong here. And for me, it was a lot of my health issues mm-hmm. that I was experiencing. And I finally got to a point where I said, you know, giving up my health isn't worth it for my job. I need to sit down and figure out What's going on? Does it still make sense for me to practice law? If it doesn't, what's the next step in my career? And and it took a lot of time. I mean, it's not something that you can necessarily just wake up one day and go, oh, I think I'm just going to start a completely different career and figure that out. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot of planning and it took a lot of time. I wish I hadn't let it go as far as it got for okay. me because I think then you have a lot more options and a lot less drastic changes really need to be made earlier on in the process, which is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about working with people and helping them not get to that far gone point. Okay. And then um, the last thing that you kind of put out there to really prevent burnout is the increase your diet of positive emotions. So what is that and what does Mm -hmm. that look like? Yeah. So it's really, there's there's fabulous research about positive emotions and the important effects that they have on Mm -hmm. you. And I have to tell you, when I was, you know, in my career, I thought, you know, who needs to deal with positive emotions? That's just silly, fluffy stuff that you don't need to pay attention to. And a lot of the research is showing that to see a lot of the benefits when you when you increase your positive emotions enough, you increase your creativity, you increase your ability to take on information, you increase your connections with other people. All this great stuff happens, but you have to kind of be at a certain level. So mm-hmm. you have to be around like a th- ish three to one ratio. So you have okay. to be experiencing po- like several positive emotions to every kind of negative mm-hmm. emotion. And so when I first read about that, I was like, wow, I'm so not you know, joyful enough or, Mm -hmm. you know, smiling enough or just, you know, putting myself out there to the point where, you know, those positive emotions were becoming available. Okay. So So does it just take um, kind of like a rethinking of how you would approach something, you know, something that you you would normally approach negatively? Is it really just kind of thinking of a positive way to approach it? Yeah, I think it's 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 a positive way to approach it, but it's also about being realistic. So mm-hmm. I teach people a lot of skills to help them, you know, build their mental toughness and to mm-hmm. be able to not necessarily think positively, but to put a different spin on their negative thinking and one that's attached also to being very realistic. Okay. So. All right. So what are some of the mistakes that people make when they're trying to combat and avoid burnout? Um, do you have any things that kind of pop in, in mind that pe- almost everyone does? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things most people do is they just ignore what they're experiencing. They ignore mm-hmm. the signs and symptoms. They ignore the stress that they're feeling. And they're, you know, just think, you know, this is just part of my job. This is just, you know, part of the the busy career and the life that I have. Um, and it's really important, though, to, to pay attention to those early warning signs and to say, you know, gosh, I'm feeling off. I'm just not feeling myself. And take a step back and, and think about 
what is that actually meaning? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has a bad day. Everybody has a bad week. You know, heck, we even have bad months, you right. know, here and there. But if you notice that continuing on in sort of a chronic way, that's when it's really, really important to, st- you know, call a timeout and take a step back. Mm-hmm. So kind of on the same style of ignoring your symptoms, mm-hmm. essentially, um, would you suggest having a conversation with your boss if it's really early on and you're really feeling overwhelmed? Is that something that you would recommend? And then how would you approach that conversation? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think you have to have the right relationship with your boss, but mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's something that I actually did myself. I had a conversation with my boss and and asked um, if, if I could move to, you know, a different side of the legal department or can, could my work let up a little bit. Unfortunately, um, you know, certain things weren't able to happen. And so mm-hmm. that was part of the reason why I continued down the path that I was going on. But I think that most managers you know, want you to succeed and want you to feel healthy and want you to do well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I think you need to, you know, make sure you know your boss well enough and have the right relationship with him or her. But then it's, I think, taking some time and just jotting down some notes and being very factual and okay. being very concrete with mm-hmm. how you're feeling and what you're experiencing and saying, you know what, I just kind of need a temporary break. Could I shift my responsibilities for a little bit and figure out kind of what you want to mm-hmm. get from that and and have that conversation. All right. So definitely have a conversation, but also go to that conversation prepared yes. and kind of with strategies and saying, you know, I feel, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I feel like I might be burning out. Yep. This is what I think we could do to kind of alleviate this for a little bit and have me recoup. Absolutely. I think that's perfect. Okay. So what do you see in the future for the Stress and Resilience Institute? Uh, so I am working on my first book mm-hmm. right now about burnout. So I want to definitely get that done and put that out there and, and be talking um, just really in teaching and educating people and companies uh, about the effects of burnout and what you can do to prevent it by, you know, helping employees build their resilience. And so doing a lot of speaking and writing and mm-hmm. and continuing with my research and all of that. So All right. Well, we are running out of time today. Did you have a final message that you'd want to share with our listeners about avoiding burnout? Yeah, I think it's just really important to know that that if you feel like you're burning out, there's help, there's resources, there's strategies, there's specific things that you can do. And it's it's easy. It's not hard. It doesn't mm-hmm. take a lot of time. You'll feel infinitely better. Well, our time is coming to a close today on Employment Notebooks. I just want to thank Paula for joining us and sharing her expert advice. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, simply head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, just send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.